Hello and good evening, everybody. Welcome to Creating the Conversation podcast. Guys, I hope you guys are okay. I, I hope you guys are chilling. I hope you guys are having a good time. All right, under the circumstances of this whole damn lockdown going on, my bro. You know what I mean? It's been mad. It's been a bit crazy. But then guess what? <laughs> we are all stuck in it together. That's what it is. And I think, you know, this shared experience, even though it's a negative one, even though it's not too much of a nice one, um, but I think by having this shared experience, it does give us a bit of a perspective that, you know what? May that be bad or good, we're going to get through this. Yeah, my man. So, Ivan, big man, how are you today, man? What's going on? Tell me, how's life at your end? You know, uh, I was going to say sunny, su such and such place, but I won't mention that. Go for it, my man. How are you doing today, mate? Uh, it's been sunny, bruv. Um, I think I'm going to be a bit honest this week. Well, I always say I'm good, yeah, but it's been a tough few days, if I'm honest. As you know, um, I moved in with my mum after my dad died of cancer. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, she was diagnosed with COPD. This week's been challenging because um, it's progressed, if you know. Oh, God, okay. So there's been time where mum's mum saw onto my hands and she got really bad anxiety about dying at the minute because of this risk of COVID and everything. So, and I'm not doing this for sympathy, but I've learned a lesson this week what you learn and I'm lucky because I've got people to turn to when I need help but there's other people in that position that haven't got that chance or that opportunity so I'm just kind of saying a big shout out to people like that and reach out for help if you need it and the only reason I'm saying this is because I'm good at giving advice but never taking advice but that article reminded the article of it the other day so I hit her this week a bit, so it's a sombre start. But it's not for sympathy. It's out of respect for other people in the same position that can't get the help and just carry on. Respect not to Ivan, them. My man. No, Ivan, God bless you for that. So we'll like, cheer things up again then. <laughs> no, no, we will, do, we will do, we will do. But I think for a moment, I think this is important to have this sombre moment of reflection. <laughs> All right. No, 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 it's important, my man. It's important because you are right. This is a shared experience. Naturally, it is a difficult time. And like you said about mom, thank God, you know, we've got the vac vaccinations going on at the moment. Of course, it started with the 80 above. The Lord have mercy, you know what I mean? They are, they're, they're hanging on, you know what I mean? They're doing well. Of course, we've in Britain, we've gone up to the 70 above now and hopefully 60s and above and so on and so on. So all the nine vulnerable groups will be given the vaccination soon. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And of course, all of us are in that position, my man. You know, my 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 prayer with you, my words of sentiment with you, my brother, with your family, and with every single person that's watching at this moment in time. Guys, look, I'm a man of faith, yeah? I have belief in my Lord. So I'm going to call upon him. I'm going to say, come on, my Lord, help us on this one. Do you know what I mean? So as human beings, we stand together. That's what it is. And we're going to do this together. Guys, on this particular point of reflection, we have a banging, hopefully, you know, uh, session today. Uh, opportunity to talk, to discuss, to create a conversation on this particular podcast. All right. Now it's a new year. New things have happened. And some amazing things happened. Something went crazy, bro. That's what happened. I can't believe it. I'm going to talk about it in a few moments. But before I do that, some of our guests today. We are 
damn lucky bro damn lucky because we have not one but we have double trouble bring it on double trouble do you know what i'm saying i want my man all right from detroit that. double uh, trouble from detroit yeah yeah isn't isn't that a lyric somewhere i know there's some sort of lyric going on there double trouble from Detroit, double, double from Detroit. Probably is. I don't know. I can't do the beat. In a few moments, guys, we are all, we are amazed and we are really, really happy to have, uh, you know, these two individuals. One of them, of course, today is a young lady. And this is something which is very, very uni unique in per se, because sometimes we don't get the perspective uh, or the female perspective of those individuals who are part of extremist organizations. And I'm really, really grateful. I know Ivan, uh, big up to you as well by arranging this. Uh, this lady is Acacia Ditz. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Acacia, when you come on, just give me a thumbs up. I'll be nice of you. Thank you very much. So Acacia uh, is, uh, before leaving the white nationalist movement, Acacia uh, essentially ran the media arm of the largest neo-Nazi organization in America, guys. Um, today, uh, she applies that skills to different organizations. Of course, she's part of an organization called Beyond Barriers, dismantling the barriers that imprison our minds. An amazing organization. When, when she comes on, and of course, uh, the other gentleman who was our guest a number of months ago, I'm also going to introduce him in a few moments. Once I've got uh, Acacia on, um, Acacia, of course, she has worked with other organizations as well. And, you know, she has this amazing skill and ability uh, around media and etc. So she has also worked with another organization called uh, Light Upon Light Power Network, an online portal that serves as a central hub where you will find an array of activity all dedicated to combating polarization, hate, and extremism. And I know Beyond Barriers is doing something very, very similar. So guess what? Big up, big up, big up to Acacia Ditz. Come on. How you doing, mate? You okay? Hey there. Thank you. Thank You've been you. all right? You've been good? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Thank you. Thank good you. Stuff. Welcome to uh, Creating the Conversation podcast. Thank you very much for accepting our you know, invitation today. And we are really, really, really grateful for your for your virtual presence. Thank you. <laughs> and I appreciate, thank you. It's an honor to be here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. In a few moments, uh, we'll have a bit of a chat as well. Uh, Ivan, myself, of course. And But before I do that, I'm going to call upon the gentleman that we met last October, October, 30th, October, 2020. Before, oh my God, before we had this sudden change that has occurred in America. <laughs> America after Trump. Say it again. America after Trump. Come on, my man. America after Trump. I don't know. Maybe that's going to scare us more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, the man I'm talking about is no other than <laughs> Jeff, 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 Jeff Scoop. Of course, when I introduced him last time today, just a quick introduction, guys. This is the former commander of the National Socialist Movement, the NSM, from 1994 until early 19, uh, 2019. He was the leader of the largest neo-Nazi organization in the United States. In early 2019, he retired from the N NSM and, walk, and walked away from the movement in its entirety. 
He is the founder of Beyond Barriers, a non-profit organization dedicated to helping people leave extremist organizations, as well as providing support and connections to individuals and communities affected by extremism. Uh, of course, I've literally picked that up right from his, his and your website. So forgive me for that, but I've done it, mate. You know what I mean? No copyright issues there. So I'm calling on the big man, Jeff. How are you, mate? You okay? Hey, thanks for having me again. And and uh, I want to send uh, uh, Ivan uh, what you're going through and your family. You know, we're here for you, brother. Um, you know, you, you, we're sending you strength and, and positive, positive energy, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> Too much. Too much. He doesn't like that. He really gets a bit like this about it. You know what I mean? But then again, you know, I think it's a very it's a very masculine thing, isn't it? That we don't usually like talking about our emotions and our feelings, and, you know, what's going on inside. I know, I know, and Ivan, Ivan is a, a manly man, and and but but then again, that's in our in all cultures, and in fact, one one of the things that we've looked at, you know, factors, uh, which are key factors why people go into and get into extremist organizations, one of them is around this thing, about you know finding individuals and people that what are you doing? You just being macho, being masculine, all right, getting out of there, don't need to talk about my feelings to nobody, mate. Yeah. You know, it is a difficult one, but I think, uh, you know, society is changing slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. We're getting in touch with our feminine side. <laughs> oh, my Lord, my Lord have mercy. Guys, um, thank you very, very much for coming in today. Hey, right, that right, Jeff. Hey, that right, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, brother. Um, you know, it's the movement, the movement and that we came out of it, all, all three of us had come out of, you know, it's the hyper masculinity is is a big is a big uh, thing there. So it's it's definitely uh, I definitely understand, uh, you know, what you're what, what he's going through and all that. And it, it's, it's difficult. It is difficult. And I think that's something that we we touch on per se, because when you look at extremist organization, we get that. But of course, we have a young lady here. Right, who has also been through that particular organization, and usually we don't get the perspective. So, Acacia, yeah, tell me about your journey, tell me about what happened with you. You know what I mean? When you got into this particular organization, um, how the hell did you get into this? What's going on, mate? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, a lot of people think of you know the movement, the far right movement, as a male only movement, and would be very surprised to know that it's not just a male only movement. Obviously, um, there's a lot more women involved, but the women are typically more the behind the scenes type, I guess you could say, um, supporting the men and all of that. Um, my journey started in back in 2000, end of 2016, beginning of 2017. Um, I started paying a little bit more attention to um, what was going on in politics and stuff like that. But I didn't really start like becoming like actively involved with the movement and with the organization until probably end of 2017, beginning of 2018. And honestly, when I first became a part of it, it was because they didn't fly the swastika anymore. And they were, their mainstream message was that they were advocating for white civil rights. They weren't racist and all of that. It was trying to give white people a voice. Hold, uh, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, hold, let me hold you there. Right. Yeah. Now th this is a uh, neo-Nazi organization, which is about white supremacy. 
It's about, you know, the whole narrative is them and us, right? Mm -hmm. Where, what the hell happened? Why suddenly this change of, you know, feeling and thought and reflection that we want to go all mainstream now and the narrative got changed. Right. Well, the public, oh. the public narrative got changed. Ah, interesting. It, it's, it's like I've told people when I was doing the propaganda in the media for the NSM, it, you change the cover of the book, but the book's still the same. You just change the cover. And um, so it wasn't until I really started like diving more into it that you get to like the nitty gritty of like what's the substance that's really there. And by that time, you just kind of, I put the blinders on. I'm like, I don't agree with the racism. I didn't agree with the anti-Semitism, but I agreed with a certain portion of it. So that's what I focused on. Oh, and, and let me share this with you. I, I think you, this is not a, you know, a point that this, this doesn't need to be discussed. I know one of the arguments that I made, I know, um, you know, my man Ivan mentions this as well, that what tends to happen is within our white communities, all right, white indigenous communities, especially in the case of Britain, mm -hmm. uh, because all of you are migrants in America. Do you remember that? Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys, I can see it sitting here. You can't do nothing to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I know. Say, I I know. The, truth is the, truth. the truth is the truth, my man. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so the natives here, they always say this, right? If the, 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 the Muslim, if the Pakistanis, if the Hindus, if the Sikhs, if all these different religions and faiths and, you know, ethnicities can celebrate their ethnicities, if they can celebrate their ideologies, if they can celebrate their religion, what about us? Right. What about our, you know, uh, and let me say this, our Nordic traditions. I'm touching right. on something. It's the truth, isn't it? Now, on a, on a, from a different a position of a minority, ethnic minority like myself. Right. You know, that logic is not illogical to me. Mm -hmm. What do you guys feel about that? Jeff, let me throw you in for a second. Let's mix it up a bit. <clears throat> well, I think um, I think anybody has the has the right, you know, to be proud of their ethnicity, their heritage, and things like that. But there's a good take on this that I that I'd like to share, and it's a, a good friend of mine uh, and another one of our uh, uh, associates at at uh, Beyond Barriers, uh, one of the, our team members, Daryl Davis. He says this, um, and it's something I never thought about when I was in the movement, and it's something that I tell people that we're working, we're bringing out, we're bringing out people all the time from that life from that uh that hate and and all that is if your crowning achievement in in life is you know and you're you know when you're proud of something like you say well white pride black pride whatever if your crowning achievement in life is your white pride you were born that way like you did, it was not an achievement you you know that wasn't that wasn't something that you achieved like if if i achieve something like if i win the football game or if uh, I become number one at whatever it is that, that I'm uh, doing, you know, and this applies to anyone, you know, that's an achievement. That's something to be proud of. If, if your crowning achievement is you're proud to be white or you're proud of your uh, ancestry or something like that, we don't determine that. You didn't, none of us chose like, this is the way we were going to be born. Um, so that's an interesting, it's an interesting concept, an interesting way to look at it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's not bad to, to be proud of how you were born or anything like that, but it's not like a crowning achievement. It's not something that you achieved yourself at all. It's just, you know, 
genetics, exactly. parents, that sort of thing. So it's kind of a silly co concept to, to dwell on that, you know, and I think it's okay if someone wants to go to a German festival, a French festival, a Pakistani festival, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like that's, that's okay. And I think there's nothing wrong with it, but when it becomes where that is your crowning achievement or it's something that you use to hold other people down or to oppress other people or say, well, my race or my ethnicity is better than somebody else's. That's when it becomes a problem, when it becomes hate or when it becomes something, um, something negative like that, then, then I see it as a problem. Yeah. And, and I agree with you, but there is, okay. there is something called, there is something called the, the single identity narrative, uh, which is a really deadly, uh, you know, uh, position of people from the far right, or may that be from uh, now the far left to a certain extent, of course, the Islamists, okay, they pick on one thing. And the complexities of, you know, identity and belonging is something that's mm -hmm. not really discussed. And some of the work that myself and Ivan and me and what we do in me and you education is that you go into schools, we invite families, we do all that stuff, you know, in our communities. And one of the key things that we talk about, and one of the most powerful safeguarding measures for those people who are who could be radicalized, who could be groomed to these activities, is to give them this sense of belonging, sense of identity. Yeah, mate, you're not one thing. You are many exactly. things. Do you know what I mean? So I can, at one time, I'm an Englishman. I'm Pakistani heritage. I'm, I'm I, I keep saying in America, Muslim. I'm a Muslim. That's the correct pronunciation, right? Now that's a Muslim. So I'm, I have that as a very baseline. But I'm every I'm many other things. I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kid from from the street. I'm a, you know I'm a bit of a lunatic. No, I'm not a lunatic. Hey, come on, you're making me say stuff like this. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, so it's crazy. Funny. It is. It is. It is. It is it's crazy. But anyway, that that's very crazy. And thank you, Jeff. And I and I agree with you on that point. That if that's the only thing, and that makes you really vulnerable. And the thing, exactly. but I want to put it to I want to put it to you, um, Keisha, that. You know, when you got into this and you said, look, I got into it, they got rid of the, you know, swastika. Yeah. So what, what was this? Was this was this like neo-Nazi light? Kind of, you know, like, yeah. Like, like, like Bud Light. I'm, I'm not promoting them. I don't drink. I don't drink. But I'm just like, was it this? No light version. Light? Was this light version? What was going on? Like you said, the book said something else, but the cover was saying something else. Why right. would you play this game? Were you getting negative reactions or some, or did you want it to be accepted in mainstream society? Um, a lot of what it was, was, um, and Jeff can like, go into this more, like they had dropped the swastika to go more mainstream because that obviously was a hindrance because, you know, it says it right out there. Hello. Um, but when I had originally met with people from the NSM, um, it goes to prove that any narrative, the movement, any kind of movement, call it whatever, can use any narrative as a recruitment tool because they didn't hound on people of other races and how they're evil or anti-Semitism or anything like that. It was here, white people need a voice. So this is what we're going to hound on. And this is what we're going to use to crack that door open. And then before you realize it, you, I was head first down the rabbit hole um but i compartmentalized it for me personally and i think there's other people i know there's other people that do this within the movement kind of car compartmentalize i can't talk today compartmentalize right. and pick and choose what they agree with um whether it's illegal immigration um the nsm used to harp on that really big 
and people might not agree with some of the other stuff, but they agreed with, you know, what they were standing for as far as illegal immigration. And so you have, it's very multifaceted. It's not, a lot of people think it's just very cut and dry. And a lot of times it really isn't. There's a lot of other nuances involved with it. Um, and that's, so, I yeah. think you, no, no, I think what you've just said there is very crucial as well, because that is the problem. We, 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 we do this a lot. What we tend to do is that we say, oh, this is a hom homogenous group of people, right? Uh, they believe in, you know, um, they're, they're in an ideology of the Nazis. So that means they hate all black people, all Asians. They have this bloody problem, blah, blah, blah. This is box standard woman, child, man, all of them. But right. Ivan, you know what uh, Keisha is saying? Does that resonate with you? That a lot of people who are part of these organizations, maybe they're just looking for companionship, friendship, you know? And sadly, just like clickbait, if I may use that right. term, that it's the same process of clickbait online. Mm -hmm. Like they're shown a certain, you know, face. And then it's like, uh-oh, free dive, I'm dying. Whatever it is. I, I know it's not, I know, I know that's not the experience. I'm making it a bit more dramatic than it is. Do you would you agree? Would you concur with that, Ivan, my man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna add a comment actually on something. Um Acacia mentioned earlier about she was drawn because it wasn't displaying the, the sticker. And if I remember rightly, Jeff, wasn't that your idea to replace the Ordell Rune, if I remember rightly? Yes. Um, so in 2016, we did publicly change the swastika to the Odell Rune, <laughs> and that was to try to mainstream the organization and and just to expound a little bit about uh, or expand a little bit on what Acacia was saying is is that to the outward public after 2016 we the organization was trying to uh, was trying to mainstream and and trying to um, and we talk about like she's saying like well it wasn't um, outwardly projected the anti-Semitism and the hate and all this sort of thing. Those things were there. Those were still there. Mm -hmm. That was in the original book. You know, it was still there. So what we tried to do basically, and I've said, I might've said this the last time I was on the program, but uh, just to reiterate it is basically we were trying to put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. You know, you can't, you can't, uh, you, you can't uh, dre dress up the Nazi party as a white civil rights organization. But this was part of the process uh, as I was de-radicalizing during this time and didn't realize it, you know, this was this was going on during that period of time. But the hate is definitely there in, in these organizations. But the way we projected it to the public is that this was hitting hot button issues that concerned a lot of the citizens of the country. And that was, as you said, uh, Imran, like that was the clickbait that was to get them in the door. So there was people that were coming in like Acacia that were not already racist that that were not already anti-semitic and some people didn't even uh have any of those ideas but they might have come to the nsm for the stance on illegal immigration or the stance on various different aspects you know so the organization was very good at that and projecting that outwardly uh there was rules in place for public speaking like you were not uh not, and not everybody always did it but you were not supposed to swear you were not supposed to use racial epithets 
because we thought it would make the organization look bad. But the moment those cameras were off and the microphones were off, the you know the hate was spewed behind closed doors. But to the yeah. public eye, it was a little different. So Jeff, you must have had very good media training, right? So and 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 bringing in Acacia again in here. Uh, the whole idea of the online propaganda, the online labeling and usage of terminology and words and etc. that you were using. All right, it must, it must, you must have really thought about this. I was reading an article, I think, so uh, Acacia by yourself. Uh, I believe it's on Beyond Barriers, uh, some of the articles that you've written, which is phenomenal. I've got to say, it's an amazing resource, uh, Beyond Barriers is. And uh, I've seen a number of videos on there by individuals who have come out of uh, these extreme, not only from uh, from the uh, you know the nationalist uh, Nazi, uh, sorry, nationalist party, socialist party, but other organizations as well. Mm -hmm. which I, th I think it's brilliant, you know, to see people who have come from hate towards love, uh, which is really, really powerful. So credit to both of you, all right, and especially to yourself, Jeff. May you know, I know, I know this this particular project, or I was very, very dear to it, all right, and and to take uh, to make a decision like that, to put yourself right in the fighting line. Uh, and this time without this time without a gun in your hand, if you know what I mean, you know what I'm saying. You know, usually usually you're standing on the other side with I don't know about ten different guns pointing at someone else, mate. <laughs> no, but but it's true, isn't it? With the training and stuff like that, so it was essential. Yeah. So, you know, it's a it's a different ball game. But Keisha, being a person who understands, you know, the whole online world, gets it how it is, right? Didn't you feel, even though you didn't come from a hateful background, right, that this deception is not good for my mental health? That's where the whole compartmentalizing comes in. Because, you know, it, and honestly, it wasn't until after I left that I really started processing that. The fact that whether I agreed with the entire message or not, that is what... I was promoting was the whole message. And um, that's, and, and it did. I mean, there was a lot of, to be honest, there was a lot of conflict back and forth. And I would just, like I said, I would compartmentalize. And honestly, it was the violence that made it so I couldn't put it behind the blinders anymore. And, and, and God bless you for that. And I think to get out of that particular environment, because, see, that's saying something to me. That's saying that you come from a fairly, a very different type of background. If, oh, I'm, yeah. if, if I'm allowed to touch on that, so that's okay. Yeah. Especially for uh, the viewers who are watching now and later on as well, hopefully. All right. It will give us a more of a holistic understanding of, of yourself. You understand? Mm -hmm. um, so you're young, you're, you're, as a young woman, as a young girl, so your background is what, if you don't mind me asking? I was actually, or I am actually, a preacher's daughter. Um, my dad was a preacher. And um, so I grew up going to church, you know, every Sunday, Wednesday, anytime the doors were open, I was there. You just said preacher. When you talk about yes. preacher, when you say preacher in America, the only image I have is, oh, my Lord, oh, God, have mercy upon the congregation. That, that's all I can hear. I'm sure. It wasn't quite that enthusiastic. It was a little bit more, it was closer to, I would say, Baptist. Um, it was like, it was a hallelujah, yeah, 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 hallelujah. Was it like that? Um, a little bit more tamed down. Oh, but, okay. yes, you, you have a lot more energy. 
Although some oh people did. I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know what I mean? Me going into America, this is going to be crazy. Right, <laughs> I already, right? I already joke. I already joke. Oh, no, you're good. Sure. But yeah, so I mean, I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. I was pretty sheltered for the most part, I would say. Um, to be honest, I didn't even know what anti-Semitism was until I got involved in the movement. And after that point, who do you, who do you ask? Because you ask somebody that's in the movement and they're going to look at you like you're crazy or whatever. I actually eventually wound up asking Jeff, who laughed in my face and thought I was kidding. Um, but so just to give you an idea of like literally how sheltered I was, like I just I. So when I started finally realizing what was going on um, by that time, like I said, I was pretty much had a in way over my head, way over my head. Did so. your did your did your uh, radicalization or at least the conversation that you have, because when you go into this, of course, it's online. Was it done online or was it was it slightly Both. different? Online Both. and in person. Yep. All right. So you started in conversation first. Uh, because the reason I'm asking you is the, the young people that we work with right, at this mm -hmm. moment, and one of the key things within uh, our you know projects that we work on you know, around preventing, etc. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, one of the key things that we look at is the vulnerabilities of the individuals. Yeah, because it's anyone. Absolutely anybody. Anybody. <laughs> Whoever gets stuck in the web, as they say. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's yep. that's really, really scary because it could be an adult. It could be a person of a certain, you know, understanding. It could be in the 50s, 60s, 70s. It not really matter. It doesn't matter if it's a young child. It doesn't really matter. All right? Yep. All it matters is if we can get them on and get what we want from them. Yep. You know what I mean? So, Jeff, now looking from the other side, you've had Acacia. you got someone who uh, is the potential, you know, individual that you could get on. Tell me the mindset of the individual who radicalizes. In, into the movement, the people that are going into it. Um, no, no, no. I'm talking about the people who bring people in. Oh, the recruiters, the recruiters the for the movement. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there was people from all different kind of backgrounds. And, and you know, uh, you know, we were talking, or you guys were talking a little bit about uh, the media department in the NSM. Um, the person that was uh, running it before Acacia was somebody that wrote professional press releases. You know, they had done that sort of thing. It had worked for actual media. So we had people oh. that had these different skill sets. So the, the recruiters and just as Acacia was saying as well, I mean, the recruiters were bringing in people from all different backgrounds. Um, originally, when I joined back in I had been in 27 years total when I joined back in the 90s. <clears throat> you know, the, the type that, the, you know, uh, the type of individual that was around back then was mostly blue collar, poor, working class uh, people. By the time that um, I had left the organization, you know, the, there's different nuances and different things that had happened over the years. But one thing that I noticed was, <clears throat> excuse me, it's okay. one thing that I had noticed uh, was going forward is that a lot of people from the middle class that people that we were not able to recruit back in the 90s were coming into the organization due to some of the different approaches that we were taking and the illegal immigration stances. So people from like the rich or like your elites, those type of people had no interest typically in in the uh, these extreme movements. But your working class to middle class people and the poor 
um, a lot of them are searching for something, whether it's in some cases, like you had said, friendship or companionship. That's that's a case with some people. For some people, it's one issue. You know, it might be the illegal immigration thing. We had people that had had come in and said, I never thought I would join the Nazi party in, in a million years. But you guys are the only ones that are patrolling the borders. You're the only ones that are talking, you know, really resonating, resonating with the issues that we I, I believe to be important. Yes. Yep. So it could be a one issue, like Acacia mentioned that it could be just one Genius issue. Concerns again. It does, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Go for it, Jeff. Uh, no, I was I uh, was just saying it could be that one issue. It could be it could be many issues. It could there's all different reasons that people join, and and just about anybody could be susceptible to this. So a lot of times when we talk to the public and we educate people on these things, and we're talking about <clears throat> excuse me, and we're talking about these different things, you know, a lot of times uh, when families or people are are listening, oh well, my kid will never fall into this. You know, or my, you know, brother or sister or family member would never fall into this. Don't be so sure is is, is our message to them because we were able to recruit. I, I was so, and I, I don't know if this is the, the best term for it, but I was so confident about my ability to recruit people in this that I, I would tell people that in the organization and tell people that I knew. I can recruit anyone if they have an open mind that if they if they're coming to the organization and they'll say, yeah, I'll read your materials or I'll look into it. If they if they said that, I said, no matter what, I can recruit that person. That's that's how confident I was about it. And and rightly so, because I think if, if something which is trialed and tested, I know within the Islamist movements, uh, the likes of ISIS and organizations like that, uh, they have a similar setup and sadly they have a similar type of mindset. And it is a very, um, it's like this isn't, if you're living, if you are uh, preying on human beings, and a human being is a very complex creature, all right? The psychology of the mind, how, uh, the psychology of human being, how it works, the, the inner goings and inner workings. If one understands how to manipulate that, right? And how to, how to, how to use emotion, feeling, grievances to attract and groom people in, all right? That's very empowering, that's very powerful. You have control over men. You have control over women. You understand? And it's very, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a very, uh, you know, this this sense of arrogance and sense of narcissism. This essence of narcissism is developed in the human being, where you are ready to, you know, you don't really care. You have a particular goal, and you want to achieve that particular goal. Now, looking at that, I know it's a, it's, it can be a dark and murky world. There's no doubt about that. But you're normal human beings. Like Acacia has said, I came from a normal background. Oh, yeah. a, a vulnerable, you know, normal lifestyle, okay, preacher's daughter, religious, very sheltered, and etc. But that resonates with so many communities. That if you asked a you know a young uh, Asian lad or an Asian lass, they'll say something similar. Mm -hmm. If you spoke to someone who was from uh, you know, maybe from somewhere from Africa, right? You know, who are a very religious background, very a conservative per se, right? They have a very similar type of experience, right? In a way, why don't why? You know, I can't believe I'm saying this. Is that anyone doesn't matter what ethnicity and background they are from are susceptible, yeah, and vulnerable to this. Yep. Yes, and it doesn't have to be like our background comes from the far right. It doesn't have to be the far right. It can, as you said, it could be a religion. It could be a cult. It's it's very extremely cult like. And I, as when I was involved in it, 
when people would say that, I, I would say, no, 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 it's not. But when you process this stuff, when you get out, it is very cult-like and any anyone can be groomed. So it's not the message what we when we talk about this stuff, it's not just the far right that that is susceptible to this type of thinking or these these uh this way of thinking it could be applied to many different things so it's affecting people of all different races ethnicities backgrounds and it's just a matter of if you're susceptible to that sort of thing or not and this is kind of interesting too and this is something that was was said to me uh when i first had gotten out i said you know i can't believe i was so close-minded um, that I, I believed all this stuff for so long. And I was, I was angry with myself for, for it. And the person had said, you know, they said, no, you, I think you're misunderstanding it, Jeff. What it was because you were open-minded that you were able to, th that you were searching for this type of thing. And, I, and at first I didn't understand it. I was like, well, are you open-minded? How does that work? But the process be that that searching for something that society is saying is wrong or isn't isn't right and f thinking you found it and then being part of that is the same process that we can use to de-radicalize people and reach them because they were at one time open-minded enough to listen to listen to something even though it's a horrible ideology and something you shouldn't get involved in it was that searching that searching idea that got you there it's that same it's that same concept that exact same concept that can reach and pull that person back exactly. out because they're going to be open if you can tap into that and be and they can be open-minded enough to listen to what you're saying and you know what like what we do now what you guys do bringing people back out of that type of thinking it's the same exact concept it's like reverse osmosis it truly is and acacia um when you're de-radicalization took place mm -hmm. right so what was that process because i know about jeff uh, and in fact that's all jeff my man is documented we saw of course you mentioned earlier as well towards that in our other other uh, podcast that we had done in uh, october last year that you did mention that look i was thinking and i was reflecting i was you know i had i've come across a number of other people as well uh, whose conversation i had and of course um you know big up to adia khan you know what i mean uh, and and who had officially taken that step and had a conversation with you, right? Which had a massive, massive part to play. But Acacia, who was your, that person, you would say, or situation or circumstances uh, and how um, you, yeah. Well, honestly, it's a lot. But like I had mentioned earlier, like the violence uh, was a key part in me actually making that final choice to leave. Um, Christchurch honestly was a big part of that, uh, because up until then I, you know, and I know Jeff's mentioned this before when he's spoken, how you, you don't justify it, but you're like, well, it wasn't anybody that was a part of the group that I was a part of. And I had been seeing it get worse. And then when that happened, I couldn't put the blinders on anymore and I couldn't ignore it. Um, it still took a couple of months because I was so intertwined within the organization um, beyond just the media stuff, but some of the actual organization corporate stuff. So it took me a little bit longer. But then when Jeff left, I realized that I, if he, after 27 years of being in it and 25 years of being the leader of that organization, could have the guts to be like, you know what, I'm done this isn't right. I'm making the choice and going, then what excuse did I have? I, there was none. There was none. And 
I honestly, like I never intended on going public when I was in the movement, I was behind the scenes. Um, I did the media stuff. I, you know, did the computer stuff and all of that. So it's like, my face wasn't up front and center. So I could have just kind of gone away and nobody would have known the wiser. And yeah, and yeah. But, um, but actually, no, well, well, I well, didn't. Did I did for a couple of months. Um, yeah. Cause I got out in June of 2019 and um, I didn't really go like, public public until I think it was 2020 but I was asked uh in the fall of 2019 if I'd be willing to tell my story and to go public and that kind of started that journey for me because it was at that point that I had to really realize that you got to stop compartmentalizing if you're going to deal with anything you have to face what really was and that's like I was saying earlier that with being the propagandist and with doing the media and stuff, I was spreading an entire message that people were using to justify and kill other human beings and take lives. And that that's something that I still deal with today. But, you know, and like you read in my bio, you know, that's another reason why, like, I take the skills that I have to help and to help spread a positive message of unity instead of dividing people and bringing people together. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I would say like the catalyst was, you know, the final straw was Christchurch. And then, like I said, Jeff coming out and others coming out and being like, you know, I can't, can't make excuses anymore. So. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you very much for that. And I, I know that is a very difficult uh, way of expression because you just had to face the reality. Yeah. Right. And of course, like you said, with Christchurch that had occurred, um, I wanted to bring in, which is inevitable, it was going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the previous reign of the dawn. Right. Right. Um, which didn't help with right. all of the situation that has occurred, what, where we are today. Even though we've had, uh, you know, new president elected, we've had, um, uh, you know, number of I'm uh, not number, but I don't know how many hundreds, if not thousands, of conversations around what's been happening in the last four years, right? Um. How do you feel about, and this is uh, to Jeff first, how do you feel about America today? Oh, that's a, that's a big question. Um, <clears throat> America, unfortunately, right now is, is probably more divided than I've ever seen it in, in my entire life. Um, it's really unfortunate. Um, there's a lot of distrust of the, of the media of even our electoral system now. Um, a lot of people are, um, we all saw what happened on, on January 6th when the um, uh, rioters, uh, you know, went into the nation's capital. Uh, you know, that's something that I think the world, even us here in America, um, ha- had a real hard time uh, watching, you know, that, that our democracy is that fragile that something like that could take place in, in this country. 
So you have a lot of division right now. And I think it's, it's more important than just about anything right now that the country heals, that both sides come together. Um, you know, I, I monitor the chatter and different things like that. Um, online on Twitter and in different places. And you, and you have Republicans and Democrats, you know, going, going, uh, uh, at each other and, and, uh, you know, a lot of talk about retribution and, and we need to, uh, you know, go after this person and that person, a, a lot of this stuff, um, because of the divisions you're, you're having where the extremist narratives are becoming more mainstream than they should, where people are, are, getting more radical on one side or the other you know yeah but jeff let me just throw this in let me just throw this in in fact the the views and ideas of the of the extreme whichever extreme they may be it's been happening for in fact it's been happening much longer than that even the gentleman who's sitting now right he's not entirely free from this we know this Right, we are the world looking at America because America holds a very prominent, important position in in the world that we live in, right? And the person who see, sits in the most powerful country in the world, um, may that be us in Britain, or may that be any person, maybe in the most remote parts of Sahara, or maybe some desert, etc., or whatever it may be, we are worried. We think, we reflect. But what the gentleman previous, of course. The reign of the dawn. When that happened, you know, it it literally dragged, you know, the views and ideas of extremity right center middle. Because the man himself, sadly, is that. Now, of course, we're not here to discuss the man himself. We are here to discuss what he's left behind. And weirdly. What you guys are doing, this is really weird. This is probably what's needed for the nation now. Would you agree? Yeah, it, it, uh, unfortunately, I mean, it's it's so surreal in a lot of ways. For um, and 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 we're careful when we speak out about this stuff too, because here we were former extremists. We were the dividers. We were the people that were predicting this stuff years ago and saying it was going to happen and egging it on and, and making the divisions, you know, trying to develop those divisions and force those divisions and hope that they would come. These are like far right fantasies come true um, with some of this stuff that's, that's uh, happened. So now having been in that world and having those experiences, to be to to go back, you know, to process that stuff, and then to go back to the public and say, "Hey, guys, this isn't good." Um, Democrats, Republicans, you guys shouldn't be talking about retribution against each other. You should be talking about healing. You should be bringing it back to the middle. For us to say that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people don't want to hear it a lot, and they don't want, especially, don't want to hear it from us um, because you know we were we were the dividers, you know. But I think, uh, and, and in some in some small way, maybe it's, be, you know, they should listen because we have that experience. We were those people. We know where it, we know where that path leads and it's, it's not good. It's not good for the country. It's not good for anybody. So um, I feel like a lot, in a lot of ways, we're sounding the alarms and, and we just hope people listen. And, and we, I, it's so incredibly important for me to be understood that we are not picking sides. You know, we're not saying, 
you know, the former president was was all right or, or all wrong. And it's not one person's fault. But this well, is I, a society Jeff, problem. Jeff, mm-hmm. Jeff, 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 my man. Yeah. The problem you have is the problem in the de- we have the same problem. The problem is when you have a two party democracy, this is exactly the problem you get. It's a two party democracy, which is the weakest type of democracy. I'm going to be blunt here, right? When you talk about politics, when you talk about discussion around this, one of the biggest problems that America, as well as Britain and a few other nations in, in, in this world, have. As a diverse society community, which represents many views, many ideas, many concepts from one side of the prism to the other side of the prism, that's what we signed up for. Let's get that straight. That's what democracy is about. Democracy is not about all nice people. Oh, let's get on. What's happening, my man? It's not that. It is about different ideas, different views, but common values which unite the nation isn't it yes so because when i when i look at the likes of america when i look at the history of america yeah what's happening now is you know with any particular group of people or trump's here and because of him this divide occurred and except no 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 what he simply done is he literally pulled the underbelly up come on man let's get it real Right now, if he's done that, that means the trouble <coughs> with being there for not 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, we're talking about hundreds of years, sadly. And to deal with that, it demands a national effort. Come on, come on. I'm not going to give you... Hey, I, guys, come on. I'm just giving a sermon here. Give me something. <laughs> give no. me something. Because look, look, I'm making... I'm, why am I saying like this? You know, the thing is, guys, I, I get it. I understand this idea. Yeah, okay, fine. Trump came, blah, blah, blah. Now we got a new lad, yeah. He's going to do the business. No, he's not. He's just in the bloody face of the same, of the same system. Yeah, believe me, I'm not trying to sugarcoat the situation. I mean, it is it is incredibly divisive right now, and it's and it's uh, something that we the commonalities, as as you said, the commonalities are where we got to come together. Republicans and Democrats, the two party system, obviously, it's not perfect. Obviously, there's flaws in it, and there's a lot of things. There's both parties have good ideas, and both parties have bad ideas. This is just human nature. So we have to find those those things that unite us as a nation. And I've said this, you know, jokingly or whatever, but sometimes, you know, um, you you wonder like, well, if, if aliens came and landed to, tomorrow, and I mean like from outer space, if they came and landed tomorrow, this country would come together in a heartbeat if they if they had to, if we were being attacked from outside or something like that. And you don't want something, I, I don't want nothing bad to happen or anything like that. But I'm just- No, it, I, I, think what you, I think what you said there, Jeff, my man, so to cut you off, lad, is that if they, if they came from outside- Right, Independence Day probably, uh, but whatever. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, but whatever. But but the thing is, even, <laughs> even then, see, I I have my doubt. I have my doubt because if your values and ideas and concept are based upon division, them and us, there will be people who will create alliances with the aliens. I'm talking external, uh, extraterrestrial, and there will be those who will show guns at them. 
Because we are divided as a people. It is it's a genuine uh, opportunity to reflect, I think, as a people. Because we are not, we're not, we're not, look at this. You can go into maybe a country in Africa somewhere, a country in the Far East somewhere, all right? Or countries uh, within the other parts of the world. They're homogenous communities. They are predominantly ethnically very similar. Religiously, they might have one or two religions or faiths. Right now, maybe three or four. If you if you come from a particular part of the subcontinent, for example, you might have Sikhism, Hinduism, Islam, and Christianity. Now we're talking about America. America is the hot pot of everything. Yep. Black, white, every shade in between, every religion, every ideology, every concept, every view, men, women, and everything in between. Isn't that true? Yeah. So it demands a different type. It demands a different type of engagement, different type of conversation. Oh yeah. And I think we have a really good opportunity. And, and as as the American American people have this opportunity, you have something good, you know. And I really mean this. You really have something good, man. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. You generally have something good. But the thing is, is how, how the hell you deal with that? Do you know what That's I mean? That's the difficult part, yeah. That's the difficult bit. But, the, but you have to fight, you know, and I, Ivan, God bless him, you know. My man, I want you to, I want you to tell me something around the commonalities because this man done that. He tried, the people he hated, he find the commonality with them. Exactly. Because I'm one of the guys that he hated, my man, Ivan. Share with me what happened. Maybe there's a solution in it. No, no, no. What I'm saying is when you when you found commonality with the other, yeah. right? Which in this case was someone like me as a Muslim. Yeah, it was. Then change started to happen. I think it was. Oh, I think it was just being able to. Yeah. Is you alright? Oh no. Okay, I think she's gone off again. Is that you, Ivan? Say something. Can you hear me or not? We can, yeah. Hello? We can hear you. You can hear me, yeah? Yes, we can. Sweetie, I don't know what's what's going on thingy. I reckon it's a, I reckon it's teenagers on the PlayStation kind of mirror, isn't it? <laughs> um yeah, I think when you find that commonality with somebody, yeah, that commonality is the common ground. Do you know what I mean? Like it was me meeting my enemy, being able to find out that some of the beliefs and worries I had, they shared. And I think it was that that, that started that that thinking over of maybe they're not as bad, so let's have some more talks. And then slowly become friends, and that friendship becomes stronger than most of your friendships have ever had because it, it's somebody different, do you know what I mean? And it, there's something really powerful about that friendship you make with, like friendships I've made with Keneal and Manoir, yourself, Imra, uh, Erfan, it's a different kind of connection 
shared understanding, a shared friendship. But sometimes some of your friends are in it for the what they can get or not, but it's a different kind of connection. Thank you, Ivan. And I think that's that's crucial. And that's, I think that is something when you guys talk about maybe the mainstream American society or general societies could learn from your experience. I can see that. This is the experience they can learn from. Finding the common aspects and elements in the people that you saw as your enemy. Acacia, I want to bring this in because I know um, there's a fairly high percentage of the female vote that uh, Trump got. And mm -hmm. even in the end, right, it's not that he had lost votes. He gained votes. Mm -hmm. He lost with a very small margin. Right? right. So as a perspective of a young American woman, what are your thoughts on what's, what's happening and what happened in the four years of Mr. Trump's presidency? Um, as far as, like, the women are concerned, um especially the last couple of years, we saw an uptake in women joining the movement or those that would have been more in the middle conservative because there was such polarization, we're being forced one way or another. Um, and it's just, it, it's very interesting because like I said, you know, typically the women that were involved either were there would be some that were involved like myself that in and of themselves but typically a lot of what you would see would be because they were supporting their husband or a significant other um and stuff like that whereas in the last couple of years you saw you know women doing it of their own volition and stuff like that and um do you think that was the, do you think that was the trump effect I don't really think that it was necessarily Trump per se. I think it was the polarization becoming so extreme in the U.S. in general that if you were considered a uh, either a Trump supporter or a, just a conservative, then all of a sudden you were a part of the far right. Yeah, and same. so exactly, it's covering painting everybody with a broad brush. You know, if you're conservative, you're a Trump supporter, which isn't always the case either. And if you're Democrat, well, then you're a communist, and that's not the case either. It's just it's because of the polarization and the extremes that you were finding a lot of it, I believe. Yeah, and I think within and I, and I and I I chose to you know mention about the female. I'm not saying that you represent mm -hmm. all or, or you represent oh, all the female individuals in the, in the system. Right. But the reason no. I I want to bring that on because as men, right, we can be very hard hard headed about this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I said it, and I'm gonna stick with it. I don't care if it kills me. <laughs> Women are very different. <laughs> Women have a much more nurturing understanding you know, element to them, right? right. Which sometimes they say, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we need the, we need, we need the, you know, the, um, the hug of Mother Earth, as they say, right? right. To, to heal us in these times of immense conflict and pain. What would you say, Akisha? Would that be true? Is that something that we can, or do you think even, even the uh, female, you know, population of America? Uh, it's so hardened that they're not ready to at least shake hands 
with the other. See, and that's a difficult one because us women, yes, are definitely more of the emotional type. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing sometimes. Um, but I'm not, I'm not reacting on that one. No, <laughs> I'm a little outnumbered here, but that's okay. Um, no, 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 what I'm saying is, I know, I know, I stand beside you, but I'm not gonna react on it because, yeah, mate, you know what I'm saying? Right? Hey, I'll be honest. Um, but the thing is, is the fact that it is so polarized and it's such an us versus them on both sides of the aisle that I think it's going to take a lot more than just, you know, your typical male and female, you know, more of the nurturing mother type to bring it together because it's, it's going to take a lot on both sides, really. Um, and it's, it's like what we're doing right now, having a conversation, uh, having, looking at things and being brutally honest about our own faults and not just the faults of the other, and then finding, okay, what can we build on? What can we come together and agree on? Okay. You don't like the color green. I don't like the color green. It's very simple and it might seem really dumb. But it's one thing you got in common. You got, you got a problem with the color green. No, I actually really like the color green, but it was it was something simple <laughs> to choose. You just say I hate the color green. What right? I know say? that's exactly what's going on. Hey, exactly what's going on green. now. You want to step outside? See how ridiculous oh, yeah. that is. See how ridiculous. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that I mean, essentially, when you boil it all down. That's kind of what it is. And when you throw labels on people, it makes it that much worse. You know? Uh, and, and, and I agree. Thank you, Acacia. And uh, you've made it very, very clear. And hopefully our listeners as well will understand that very clear, you know, narrative. Um, you know, as, as me and you. Now, what we believe as an organization, which I believe is very similar to what your views and ideas are as well, that there's no doubt there are differences. Oh, Yeah. There are genuine differences, no doubt. There's ethnic, ethnic differences, there are cultural differences, there are dietary differences, there are religious differences. There, there are differences, there's no doubt about that. Right? right? We acknowledge that as an organization as well. Now, because I'm not ready to question one's views and ideas just for the fun of it. No, you got to think like me. No, nah, mate, I don't want you to think like me. I want you to challenge my thinking. Exactly. Right? But respect what I'm trying to say. Right, and let's play around with that. Let me challenge yours. So, as an organization, we strongly believe that it's about not them and us. So, I'm on this side of the border, you're on that side of the border. You know what? The only solution is guns on each other. No, it's more about you know what? Tell me what you think, exactly. Yep, and I think that's really powerful, right? Mm -hmm. So, we're not saying no, everyone becomes the same. That's bloody boring. Well, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It, and it's more about, hey, yeah, come on. Let's have a chat. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a discussion. Let's see where we get to the bottom of. And exactly. it, it might come out with something really good. And I think it's really powerful. Absolutely. Guys, I know, I know this. We've been, we've been talking for just over an hour now. All right. And I did say to you, at any time you feel, oh my God, we've had enough. These guys are crazy and these are loonies. You know what? You can switch off anytime. I can see you've not switched off. But what I'm going to do now is, in our last number of minutes, right, I'm going to ask both of yourself, Ivan yourself as well, 
to give something you feel that will resonate on the basis of unity, understanding. We are talking about an era after the reign of the great Don. I've got to be very careful in saying that. The Donna Donna is doing it. Uh, after that, we've come, of course, the coming of Joe Biden in America. Of course, we have talked and discussed about uh, the, the different nuances on the basis of politics, right? We've discussed that. But most importantly, we discussed about your journeys. Very powerful journeys, I think. Very interesting journeys. Right, and within your lives, in fact, you represent a lot of people that we work with. Okay, people who are on the verge of maybe slipping, on the verge of, of people who have already slipped into particular organizations. Right, but it's a, ultimately understanding they are a human, they are vulnerable, and they need that support and help. So I'm going to come to ladies first, Acacia, to yourself. To give us your maybe final thoughts and reflection, um, maybe a message that you want to give out to the masses. Um, I would say my biggest thing is is that like we are very as a society quick to judge others that will have opposing viewpoints, and there is such a thing as agreeing to disagree, and that's okay. And it's okay to have opposing viewpoints. It's okay to you know, believe different things. But when we allow that to interfere with seeing another human being as valuable and as another human being, another life there in front of us, that's when it becomes an issue. And we need to start concentrating on bringing each other together. And, you know, it's okay to celebrate differences. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, we don't have differences. Yes, there are differences between everybody of every race, every ethnicity, every religion. There's always going to be differences because we're all each our own human being, but we're always growing. On top and of the tapestry, it's better the to grow together. They say the beautiful tapestry of humanity. Yeah. Right. And that's why, you know, uh, there's, there's a verse in the Quran which says, uh, we have made you from one man and one woman, but made you into nations so that you may know each other. Right. Yep. Meaning what? That you don't hate each other, don't bully each other, don't belittle each other, but to know each other. So difference exactly. there is a good thing, not a bad yeah. thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I just, I just want. No, to you're good. You're good. Support, uh, you know, the message that you were giving. Do you understand? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, God bless you for that, uh, Jeff, my man. Yes. Um, the commonalities, the finding the commonalities, and I, I may have used this reference before, but it's like uh, someone had put it to me very eloquently, and and I really enjoyed it. It was a field, a field of flowers, and if it's all the exact same flowers in that field you know how boring is that you know if, if we're all exactly the same so i think we should celebrate our differences and i think having differences of opinions is 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 good it's challenging it would be so boring if we were all exactly the same but finding those commonalities what unites us and looking at one another as human beings that humanity is so incredibly important and when you know especially when things get violent 
a lot of people, I think they're caught up in this moment. I, I, I understand it. I've, I've been around violence. I've been around a lot of violence, unfortunately, in my past. And I know how, how quick and how easy it is to get for people to get caught up in that. But you need to stop and think, even if it's just for a millisecond, just for a, a, an absolute second to think that person that you're hitting or, or that you're fighting or shooting at or whatever it is, that person that you're involved in that violence, they have a mother. They might have even, children. Even, even, even tweeting, even sending a message, even sending a poll. Because we talk about it on, offline, but the online world is, is even more crazier. Go for it, my man. Yeah, I mean, you just—I mean, seeing that, seeing that humanity, and knowing that that person has has somebody, you you're you're causing a chain reaction of damage. That's not just do not just to that person, but to their mother, to their grandmother, to their children, to their grandchildren. And these trauma trauma travels through generations. Sometimes this is something I learned after leaving the movement that trauma can be passed on generationally. So this could be, you know, you could be damaging things so far into the future that you're not even really truly quite aware of. So these are the things that we need to think about as, as a society, as humanity, no matter, despite those differences, to not resolve things with violence, to resolve things with dialogue through, through finding the commonalities and conversations just like we're having here today. And, and, and that's why the, the work that you guys are doing is so incredibly important. Absolutely. We love you for it. It's, it's so, it's so important. And that's why we do what we do because it would have been so much easier to walk away from the movement and just go into business or, or go into something else and not do this, this type of, of thing and not revisit bad memories and, and bad things from the past. But we do this because we care, because we want to give back. We want to repair some of the damage that we've done through our own pasts and give back and, and be part of that humanity and share our, our stories and our experiences with others so they don't make those same mistakes. You don't want to waste 27 years of your life like I did in something like this. You want to be able to if we can stop that, even if it's just one person and, and, and we've helped many more than that. And I know you guys have as well, but every person we touch, every life we touch, that's meaningful. And if we can, if we can get back to that and, and touch humanity as a whole, incredible things can happen. Oh, oh, oh my God. That's it. Both of you, right. For president next year, uh, uh, four years time, sorry. four years time, four years time. I know you're, you're a slightly different type of <laughs> Oh, Come on, statements like that, big up, mate. You know what I'm saying? This is the stuff. Now, but the thing is, sometimes that becomes <laughs> retro. You know, in the political world, in the political world, that's the biggest issue that politicians have, isn't it? It's all this and all real action, right? And I think you guys are putting your actions before your words, which is really cool. And I really mean this. And I think I would I would encourage you know people to go to the website. Uh, beyondbarriersusa.org uh, there are different you know videos on there there's articles on there you'll find out about genuine people's experiences being in organizations very extreme organizations uh, which in itself is very fascinating for a lot of human beings you know a lot of individuals mm -hmm. right uh, how the hell that can be and this and that whatever but ultimately it's about how they come out which is as in fact it's more powerful it's more powerful to let go of everything that you ever knew, your comfort zone, your friends, your family, people that you love, people forget that it is a family. And yeah. I think when that went, and then they're leaving all of that, they're coming to the world, and the world, what do they see? They see the images, 
they see the names, they see the you know, it's not on the face, like you don't you don't have tattoos, you know, both of you, maybe in different parts of the world, but I'm saying in front of you, which is exposing us. Some I have seen characters, individuals, and I work with some of them, literally swastika, bang, straight there. It's like what you know what I mean? Crazy. Right. But it is, but it is that's that's what they are. Later on in life, all right, it becomes very complicated and difficult for them. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. that. But until they're in a particular setup, that's how life in fact tends to work for them which is fine but it's really difficult later on when they come into mainstream society and i agree mm -hmm. with both of you i think both of your word statements are resonating powerful commonality finding the common aspect and element within human beings and working as human beings i'm going to give my final words to the big g big g big g my man ivor my man come on my man my man my man come on my man your word to you Final words, however you feel, pleasing. Well, a couple of things, I guess. Um, to what I said at the start of the podcast, if you're struggling, if you've got mental health issues, or reach out, there is help out there. And secondly, just to add to what both guests have said, as well as talking, listening is very important as well. It's just not listening to reply. You want to be respectful enough to listen to try to understand that perspective journey because it's, listening is, just, is probably more important than the actual dialogue. So that's me done. Just loads of wisdom. Thank you, Avon, my man. Guys, thank you very, very much for listening. Just want to say from the bottom of my heart, Jeff, Akisha, Big up to you, and I pray to the Lord that there are much more beautiful, better days that are going to come up under this presidency, hopefully, right? Not, not, not people are going to be hiding and being scared for whatever reason, do you understand? Hopefully, in times of turmoil and difficulty, you always find an opportunity to create change, but for the positive. Right, and I believe that's where we are with America at the moment in time, which impacts the world generally. Big up to you guys, thank you very much for all to our listeners. Till next time, guys, goodbye, good night, and hope to see you very, very soon on Creating the Conversation podcast. Bye bye, everybody. Bye -bye.